With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Laurie Rose, the two-time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. about it stick it on and send him out well this has blown it for Irvine blown it for Ferrari I don't know what's happened welcome to another episode of pit lane parlay I am your host Mike Jokum Matt is here it's Formula One time as we approach the race this weekend at Imola let's start out with some a little bit of news first before we we preview the the race this weekend let's see Alpine says that Bahrain exposed some aero weaknesses in their car. So obviously in a short turnaround time, probably not fixed for this weekend, but good that they, I guess, good they discovered a a problem quickly, I guess. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one. Yeah, I mean, obviously something was amiss because it looks like they've regressed from last year just a little bit. So... Now the question is, are they going to do something about it? Which I think they will. I don't think they strike me as a team that's going to yeah. you know, completely pack it in for the year. But uh, yes, I hope they solve that so that we can see Alonzo compete with the best of them. Yeah, and you could tell they just they didn't even look almost close to the same team as they did for most of last year. But yeah, it's... I don't think they're they're in the let's phone it in yet path by by any means, like you said as well. So, looking at Silverstone this summer, they have joined a kind of growing group of UK sporting groups that uh, do want to use the some sort of vaccine passport or COVID testing to welcome larger capacity or maybe even a max crowd at the at the track this summer. Uh, that came out from Motorsport the other day. So, Matt, I know this is potentially a touchy subject, if depending on, on what you see on social media, but a couple soccer leagues and Wimbledon t- in for tennis have all kind of discussed this with the UK Prime Minister. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, it is kind of a interesting subject, and then you know I'm not going to try to inject my opinion too much into it um, because it is kind of a belief that you may have one way or the other as far as this whole having a vaccine passport or having some sort of proof on you that you've gotten the vaccine. You know, stems from do you think that should be allowed or not? And the second one is you know I know there are people out there who are very weary about getting the vaccines, so. You know, it's not trying to impose my views onto you per se. So as far as how this kind of 
scopes into the Formula One perspective. A, I think it's super cool that, you know, we're kind of starting to have these discussions again. And I think having large crowds who, you know, if done safely and if people who have been vaccinated want to go to the race can go to the race, I think that's awesome. I am curious to see if this is going to kind of cause a ripple effect with, you know, not only Formula One in Europe, but I'm talking like, you know, I'm a big Liverpool supporter. So just seeing if like, you know, this happens in the Premier League as well. I know you mentioned Wimbledon. So, and then as far as America goes, I think Roger Goodell has been talking about having full stadiums in the NFL when it comes to the fall. Does that mean that some sort of passport mechanism is going to be needed if you want to get a ticket? Something like that. So it's definitely an interesting thing to watch as far as it not only applies to Formula One, but as it applies to kind of just sports fans in general as we go forward here, because we're going to be navigating kind of a new, we'll say, situation and kind of new procedures maybe to attending, you know, outings of, you know, large gatherings for sports and whatnot. The new, new, new normal. And yes. just, just, just to add on to your point there, yeah, the Yankees did something similar where it's okay if you proved you were vaccinated or you had a negative COVID test within, I don't know, I think 48 hours, 72 hours of, of opening day baseball last week, then you were allowed in. So I'm all for something like that if it means more people returning safely as soon as possible. But Matt, we are... Less than five minutes in, and you know what that means. It's time for story time. Not really, but he did say he's coming back in 2022 in grand fashion with this computer-generated gold and black F1-looking car. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the worst livery concepts I've ever seen, which kind of fits (laughs) right into everything that they're doing. There's 0% chance this happens, right? I, I... I don't know if I hope so, so we can continue making fun of them in a a more fun way, or if I hope not, because it's going to be a total disaster. And I don't, I don't know. But shout out to Team Pit Lane member Matt Gruenholz for coming up with the Pit Lane Parlay uh, mock IndyCar layout, because now we can say we're going to join the IndyCar, IndyCar feel at some point, and. Uh, have zero credibility to it. So I will leave it at that. But speaking of the actual team, uh, Haas and Mick Schumacher says they can compete for Q2 this season. And I, I, well, if you, if you can judge my, my tone, you can pretty much figure out what I'm going to say, but I'll, I'll leave it to you first. I feel like I always get the spicy out of the way first. I'm not going to say it's impossible. I think it's very unlikely uh, maybe rain, ill-timed red flag, spin causes yellow that allows Mick to get through. I don't know. There are situations, obviously, where it can happen. I mean, I know it's a different sport, but Max Chilton qualified fourth one year in mid-Ohio with Carlin. So it, we've seen stranger things. Um, Nico Hulkenberg getting pole at Brazil because it went wet to dry at the last second and he capitalized. Yeah there's going to have to be some sort of extenuating circumstance for that to happen. I, I think them getting it on pace alone 
I unfortunately just don't see it unless it's like Monza or something. But even then, you still need a car that can handle around Monza. Yeah, unless unless they get totally lucky and 18 cars spin in qualifying and they sneak in, I just don't I don't even see it in like a Hulkenberg type situation because Hulkenberg wasn't in a car as bad as Haas. I I know what you what you mean, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll leave that one at that. We won't give them too much grief for, for now. All right. All right, so the one I was most looking forward to discussing with you before the preview was the nonsense that Alan Prost was peddling this week. Uh, (laughs) He said, he came out and said that Prost is affiliated slash works for Renault slash Alpine. And he basically came out this week and said that they will prevent the Ocon-Alonzo rivalry from getting out of hand and they'll make sure to try to keep everything together before... You know, anything happens with the team that would escalate it. So just to recap, they are preventing a rivalry between a guy who's in his third or third and a half, four full-time seasons. I don't know how long he was at Manor for that one year. And the two-time champion, 31-time Grand Prix winner, or how many ever he's won. They're going to prevent a rivalry between those two. What rivalry where? I like why? Why is he even talking? Like, yeah, what? he makes it sound like they. He, say, he makes it sound like they crashed into each other last week or whatever, three weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I just I don't understand why this is is even like what is going on in his mind that this needs to be a a topic to begin with. And like, did someone uh, in this? Oh, go ahead. I'm not necessarily trying to even defend Ocon because I'm not a huge fan of, of him, but I mean, it seems like they got along okay in, in preseason and race one. It didn't, I didn't hear of any tension. So unless there's like some craziness behind the scenes, which in today's world, there is nothing that stays completely behind the scenes. So you'd think something would leak out before, Pross just going, well, we're going to contain a rivalry before it gets out of hand. I think he, I don't know. This is, just be quiet. Yeah, it's almost like the person interviewing him somehow mentioned the word Japan before they got to the interview, and then Pross just had all these Senna flashbacks and then just felt the need to address it. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think it's safe in saying that this has to be as far as Alpine goes, one of the biggest teammate disparities within the field. I don't, off the top of my head, well, Russell and Latifi's probably a little bigger. I don't know if everybody else, yeah, but then everywhere else, I mean, some would argue Raikkonen and Gio, but I actually, I hold Gio in high regards, so I don't know if I'd agree with that one. Vettel and Stroll, not the way the Vettel's going. I'd actually almost give the advantage to stroll at this point just because he's comfortable with the team so yeah i don't know if they're well and lewis and botas i guess is a big one too in some eyes so but yeah i think as far as as a whole i think alonzo has the biggest gap to a teammate in the whole field so it's a weird one that's for sure we had uh made fun of williams last week for saying that their car is at the mercy of the wind and if they come to a 
a race weekend on particularly gusty conditions, their car may suffer. Well, now apparently Mercedes has come out and kind of declared the same thing, saying that their car with these new conditions and whatnot has come out and said they may also have wind sensitivity issues. So if I'm if I'm reading correctly here, now this I, I did miss this until you, you sent it to me. This is actually George Russell surmising that Williams is going to have the same issues as Williams. I don't think actually Mercedes themselves came out and said anything. Which is super confusing why George Russell is going to speak on the Mercedes car, but You'd think they're they're you know, they're they're not sister teams in any way, but they're both Mercedes engine and and maybe share some data. But I I am very curious where he came up with this uh, idea from. Yes, Mike's correct. He says the article says potentially has a chance to be suffering, but I just still think it's I don't know if it's down to this arrow reduction, low rake warfare yeah. nonsense, but uh, it's definitely a weird one. It's not one that I've heard before, so we will keep our eyes on it. I guess that's one thing we kind of have to make a note of when we go to a race weekend now is, you know, if we do show up to Imola and there's, you know, 15, 20 mile an hour gusts, what kind of effect that has? And then maybe compare it to Portimao if it was no wind you know, is it, are we going to see the same thing or are some certain teams going to rise and fall through the, the order? So not really one, you know, obviously we need to pay attention to like track temperature, ambient temperature, wet, dry, never really factor in the wind though. So that might be one we have to make a note of for this season. Before we move on the headline to this article, whoever edited it, it does lead you to believe that this is a Mercedes conversation when really it was George Russell. So no fault in assuming that it's Mercedes making this conversation. If you're just kind of like scrolling through the news real quick. Yes. Here's an interesting one. Uh, so we obviously had a lot of track limits talk after Bar- Bahrain and Dr. Marco had uh, some comments furthermore onto it. He says one way that we could avoid these track limits at a track like Bahrain is adding walls. Now we're not talking like walls way out there. We're talking like walls to cover off the apexes outside of them. So, you know, maybe a curb and then 12 inches and a wall all the way around the track. He's not wrong. I sat there, read the article, kind of thought to myself for 10 seconds. And I'm like, you know, other than it's, it's definitely not safe. I mean, especially you have to keep in mind like the end of a long straight you're not going to want a wall you're still going to need right. some runoff just for safety uh but you talk like the turns or you know the incident with verstappen and hamilton like the exit of that corner i think it would be a great place for a wall you know you got to do it safe and whatnot but so between that and the costs would be another one but it's honestly not the worst idea I've ever heard for a place like this or France. I mean, because you think like Sochi, as much as Sochi sucks, they do have a lot of close walls to monitor track limits at most corners. Not all of them, but most of them. They could be a little closer on some, 
on the exit of some corners, but do you think like the tracks like France, Bahrain, Abu Dhabi, Coda, there's just miles of tarmac? Obviously, there would need to be some sort of tweaks because like you said, safety, but out of all the ideas we've heard, that's not really the worst one. Which is weird because it came from Dr. Marco. Yeah, I'm, conf- I'm very confused right now. All right, last one before we get to our uh, preview here. Sprint races have gotten the team's approval. There were some conversations about the finances, the budget cap, schedule, the increased labor, the potential for more crash damage, etc. But as Martin Brundle pointed out this week, it seems like for the first time in Formula One history, the last couple of years, common sense has started to prevail within Formula One. And that if you are a team, like let's say someone towards the back of the grid that's not as well-funded, so like a Williams, if this was like 10 years ago, Williams could have just put their foot down, said no, and we would just move on. And now it seems like if a team has an issue with a rule or a potential change to the rules for next season, rather than just crying and saying we're going to quit the sport if it passes – it seems like everybody kind of gets their head around the situation, figures out a compromise, and moves forward. So I think we're seeing that again here with the sprint race approval. The motorsport article is a little vague, and it's gotten the go-ahead from the teams. It's still unseen if that means it's going to be this season. I know that was the topic that it may be at a couple venues this season but no official confirmation yet from the formula one or fia about this yet so we'll keep our eyes on that do you have any thoughts i think it will be a few races this year i think they were saying three and the big hold up was well hey you know a sprint race some extra damage bills need to be built in there some extra it's going to cost extra and they needed to come to some sort of agreement on hey do we raise the cost cap or how do we handle this and i think they did raise the cost cap a a just a touch to so that nobody's kind of unfairly punished if they have an accident in one of these sprint races so i'm really excited to see how the layout takes place it doesn't sound like it's going to happen necessarily before imola but it looks like if i'm reading the bottom here, the plan is Silverstone, Monza, and Brazil this year. So should be pretty cool. Those are three three really cool tracks that that could spice it up for, for Sunday's main events. So I'm I'm very intrigued. Yeah, and I have we seen what when they say Saturday is gonna have some sort of impact on this grid Sunday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because 
The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. I'm assuming it wouldn't be... Okay, I'm assuming it wouldn't be reverse grid because you wouldn't want to like right yeah they haven't sprint race only to start like eighth like that (laughs) kind of you'd rather start first for the feature race that's going to get you more points so i'm curious to see how that works because obviously in f2 they do feature then sprint correct because if you finish first in the feature then you start eighth in the sprint or something like that honestly i'm drawing a blank on that right now and i should know this because you know it was three weeks ago so while you start bringing up Imola, I will go back and look at the schedule from Bahrain just so I can sound like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't remember the last time I watched an F2 race, even though they're quite cool. I mean, I watched the highlights, but I don't, I'm, I haven't sat down and watched an F2 race in quite some time. But yes, Imola is this weekend. For those who had already pre-recorded qualifying or had it in their schedule for qualifying, uh, it has moved back one hour to accommodate the death of Prince Philip of the United Kingdom. So obviously our condolences to the royal family. So that has had a schedule change so that the British audience can tune into both if need be. So just an FYI of that. And then the race is 8 a.m. Central. I know Mike always does Eastern time. Sorry, I'm a Central time, so time sorry. zone guy. 9 a.m. Eastern time for those east coast slash eastern time zone folks but the top five from last season was lewis hamilton valtteri botas daniel ricardo danny kaffiat surprisingly and charles leclerc the highlights from last year was that botas had that kind of ferrari front wing lodged in his car for the whole race since lap one or two or whatever whenever vettel's wing got stuck in his car so that really slowed him down and then Max Verstappen's tire failure from P2 or P3 that you know obviously prevented him from getting on the podium. So another one of Lewis's wins uh, in his belt. There's potential for rain on Sunday. Uh, it's Friday and Saturday look decent as of today, Tuesday. Obviously, yeah. there's still a lot of time between now and then. But forecast predict rain. So what you're saying is we can't judge the forecast today on recording for the weekend. Well... I'm not going to freak out about it. I think yep. freaking out about weather and racing is one of the stupidest things ever. It's going to be what it's going to be, and you have no impact on it. So, but I think I obviously, with, mm, I want you to ask your buddy's story, see if he can help you out. Yeah, can, William. I mean, he's immune to the coronavirus, so he should be able to change the weather too. Yes. Anyway, bef- before science before is we on continue his side. on. <laughs> Before we continue on and go completely off the rails, the sprint race in F2 is before the feature race. I just looked at the schedule from Bahrain a couple weeks ago. Weird. Anyways, yeah, so as far as upgrades, there's no... I mean, obviously, I'm assuming teams are going to be coming with a tweak or two. Front wing, floor of the car, rear wing, engine housing, etc. But we don't know of any at this time. Obviously, they're probably keeping it under wraps. But if you had to bet... Which team do you think is going to bring the most upgrades this this weekend, and or maybe the most like dramatic change to their car? Oh, the most dramatic change to the car. You'd think 
based on their pretty lackluster weekend that Aston Martin might make more the the most drastic change because everybody else was kind of roughly where they thought they would be within a few positions. But Aston Martin just had a dismal weekend for the most part, all in all. So I, and obviously that's just a guess, but that would, you know, listen, Lawrence Stroll is probably stepping on the throats of his engineers to get stuff figured out and stay under the budget cap and, and all that stuff. So that would be my guess. I agree. And or the recently discussed Alpine. Maybe they'll, they'll yeah, show up with good point. So who needs the biggest bounce back after Bahrain? I mean, I know we're only on round two of a scheduled 23. So plenty of time. But who do you think is uh, reeling from Bahrain that's going to need a good result? I think Pierre Gasly needs a good result. And I don't think necessarily the first race issues were his fault after the damage on lap one. But I think he just he just needs a good result so that team can feel kind of confident going into the rest of the season. So there are, there are other there are a few other obvious ones, but I'll take uh, I don't know it's necessarily a hot take, but I'll take Gasly in this in this pick. Yeah, I think uh, that would be a good one, especially since he was doing very well last year yeah. until he had some sort of water failure on like lap seven or some radiator. I don't some yeah. goofy that was kind of weird. So yeah, as far as from Bahrain, as I said earlier, I'd really like to see Alonzo do well. Not necessarily because he did bad at the first round, but kind of just to prove to others and himself maybe that you know he is here to compete and whatnot. Because he was running a pretty respectable eighth, ninth ish prior to his break yeah. starting to go away. So I think that, and then don't think it's unfair to say Botas too. Obviously, he had a pit error, not his fault, and he was very strong here last year. So I think his window to prove people wrong, as we've discussed, is rapidly shrinking, and he gets a very you know, short leash to start the year because we know what Lewis can do. So his time to try and make hay is very limited, so he needs to get going, we'll say. And then lastly, before we get to predictions, are we going to see Lewis versus Max round two this weekend? Yeah, I really, I really hope so, because that was a fun battle and two guys who are willing to take it to each other. Emil is a little bit kind of windy and, and you know, has some kind of flowing straights mixed in there. So I think it it could be a really fun track to watch them duke it out. I don't see any reason why... It will change unless you know Botas sticks his nose in there or Max just has a rough weekend. Yeah, there's two variables I'm interested in. First is the new arrow. I wonder if that will have a complementary effect on Imola and make the racing better or if it's still going to be kind of stale. And the second is Checo. Now that he's in Red Bull, I mean, obviously he had a a great comeback last weekend, but now can they kind of learn their lesson and maybe qualify a little better to be up there for the whole race? So really curious to see what happens and see if he can add a wrinkle to this battle. So moving into our predictions, time to shame ourselves. Who is going to do good? 
And we already we have established that low hanging fruit is now off limits, so probably means Lewis Max and Valtteri. Yeah, so I will take Charles Leclerc. I think he's he they had a, a good race there last year, despite having a crappy car and better car means at least the same result in top five. So I will uh, I'll take Leclerc. And I will go with Danny Rick. I think he had a really good performance here last year, and if he can get out of the first lap without damage, probably bodes well for him this race. Who is going to do bad? And you can't say Haas or Williams. <laughs> I am going to take, for no reason other than pure hot take here, Actually, I should probably. I'm looking at last year's drivers, so this is. I'm not off to a good start right now. I'm gonna say okay. that. I'm gonna say that Sebastian Vettel continues his bad form to start the year. Oof! And I am going to say that Yuki Sonoda might have a rookie moment now that he has all this hype going that's, his way. That's fair. Shout out! Did you watch the Mats- Masters? What's his name? Matsuyama. Congrats uh, yeah. to him. Japanese golfer wins the Masters for the first time. Yuki Sonoda has a great first race in Formula One. Takuma Sato's Indy 500 winner last year. Japan's got Japan's it going right now, and they got the they got the Olympics now too. Well, I mean, they've had the Olympics for a while, obviously. Like you know, we've known for a <laughs> while, but now it's going to be happening this year. Great, great time to be a Japanese athlete. I'll tell you that. Good for them. Yeah, congrats to you all. Dark Horse top five. Who you got? Oh. Is Lance Stroll a dark horse for a top five? Definitely. It's borderline. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking Stroll. Yeah, given, I'm going to say he's going to totally outshine. His for his bad. Yeah. I think that's definitely yeah. good. You can tell I'm overthinking this too early in the season because we haven't quite figured out like who's a dark horse quite yet, but yeah. Yeah, and I'll go with Signs. Yeah, I think the differentiation between good and dark horse top five is like, we could say George Russell does good, and if George Russell finishes P13, that's like an excellent day. Now, we're not saying like good <laughs> means they're going to win. We're just going to say a certain driver is definitely going to exceed the expectations versus Dark Horse Top 5 is who do we think is going to finish in the Top 5 that's not Merck or Red Bull, basically. Lastly, who's going to be this new one? Who's going to be the fifth Q1 driver eliminated? So we're assuming that Williams and Haas... So kind of pick a driver that's not in the Williams or Haas teams that's going to be knocked out of the first round of qualifying. Well, I'm going to piggyback off of your bad prediction then and say that Yuki Tsunoda does not make it through at Imola in Q1. Sorry, I, I feel bad because he's like such a cool, seems like such a cool dude. Speaking of cool dudes and your best friend, I will go with Ocon. <laughs> My best friend. <laughs> Good pick. Safe pick. Oh, that's mean. Yes. That's mean. All right. <laughs> no, you're well, right. Said you're right, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, guys, the as Matt mentioned, again, the race is 9 a.m. Sunday morning, Eastern time. So convert that into whatever time zone you live in and have fun with it. We will do another pre-race show, before, you know, have 25 minutes to a half hour before again. We'll have some fun with that and obviously but it'll it'll be a little bit earlier than Bahrain's, so i will definitely be drinking a coffee or two 
to wake up for that. Do we have anything else? Anything I'm missing? No? All right. Well, guys, enjoy. Enjoy the race this weekend. I will post the links to the pre-race show Saturday at some point. So stay, uh, stay on the lookout for that and the coverage all weekend. And uh, don't forget there's IndyCar this weekend too. So plenty of racing all weekend to watch. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details